We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD on Twitter. And this is the show, as, as, as most people know. We go over a little bit about yesterday's slate. We do some a little bit of review, review, go over some top players' lineups. Uh, we talk a little bit about today's slate, but as 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 you should know already, that anything that we talk about at 11 o'clock in the morning may not make any bit of a difference by seven o'clock tonight. So uh, so we focus more on strategy, more on uh, showing off some of the tools. It's casual Friday. It's casual Friday. I dress up casually anyway, right? I'm casually here with my apple juice, right? And you know what to do when you see my apple juice. You got to keep it cold. You, gotta, you, got, you got to hit the thumbs up button, right? Hit that thumbs up button. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. Casual Friday. I got my, my uh, keep calm and blame variant shirt. Okay, keep calm. So it, it, if you had a downswing, right? You had a bad night last night, right? Bad slate. Like it can't be you. It can't be that you screwed up. It's variance. So you blame variance, right? Keep calm and blame variance. So so someone uh, someone someone made these shirts for me, right? So you can go on Amazon. I think you could search for it. I didn't. I'm not making any money off of it. I don't even know if that guy's making any money off of it. But if you want one of these shirts, keep calm and blame variance. Go on Amazon and type that in and you'll, you'll find it in different colors. If you want it, if you want it. Okay, so if you're in a rut, you've had been on a losing streak, like don't tilt out, just keep calm and blame something else. Blame it's variance, right? It's ah, okay, I did fine, but past four days, whatever, whatever, it's variance. I mean, but we see the variance in my cash bankroll tracker for NBA. So you see it's the ups and downs, peaks and valleys. So yeah, we got up to a high point and then have, uh, you know, two bad days. 
little intermixed. I made a little bit of it back yesterday, right? Because we see here like, oh, look, a bull run. Oh, here's the bull run. And then here's some like a little bear markets intermixed. Some bad days, some down days. But we had an up day yesterday a little bit, 400 bucks or so. So still up. Hey, if I fell asleep, I fell asleep on the December 22nd. I woke up today and I had 17,000 plus more in my pocket. I'm happy. I'm happy. Or we're 1.87 return, 9% effective daily ROI. Yeah, it's being primarily carried by FanDuel, DraftKings. It's got to, DraftKings got to, got to get some work happening. Yahoo is now solidly in the green. So we'll see what happens uh, by the end of the season, right? Right. This is, it's like a stock chart, right? It's like can the candlesticks. I should, I should have made some type. Of, I don't even know if you could do that. In, you can't do that in Excel. The candlesticks. There's no candlesticks in DFS, right? Like at what point were you up or you're down or whatever? So it goes up and down. But the trend line, we did the trend lines. The trend lines are going up. It's some type of triangle type of thing. We do technical analysis on the stock market. I don't even know how effective that is, but they like making the shapes on the stock charts. So it's like, okay, I guess they know what they're talking about. So they would say that the trend line is going up. So that's that's pretty good. So I'm keeping calm. I'm keeping calm. And if I lose tonight, I blame variance. That's what I that's what I do. Just blame variance. I couldn't have messed up. It wasn't me, right? It wasn't you. I see you in the YouTube chat. See everyone here in the YouTube chat. John Johnson. I appreciate your content, Jordan. Since I've been applying your methods, I can honestly say that I've been a better DFS player. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, you could be a better DFS player as long as you're not in my contest. But that, that, that's the rule. That's the rule. I think I should institute that rule. If you're going to start getting good at DFS, just, just stay away from it. <laughs> just, just, I, I, I don't want you to take, take my money, right? Maybe that'll end up happening. Maybe it's self-fulfilling prophecy. Three years from now, I'll still be doing the show and go, I, my, my graph, I'll look at my graph, it'll be going down. And everyone in the chat is like, okay, I learned everything from you, now I'm going to take your money, right? Hopefully that doesn't happen. Okay, let's see. Going through the YouTube chat, Trey McRae is here. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. And then we got the question started already, right? People always ask, like Michael Papalopoulos, like how much how much projection do you sacrifice for this versus ownership? It all depends on the slate. It all depends on how much you can and how and what contest you're in. There's no number. There's no exact number. Some nights, if you give up two points, you're stupid as hell to give up two points. And on other nights, you can give up 20 and be perfectly fine. Be like, no, that 20, have fun. Have fun with 20. Right, the only way to get leverage is by sacrificing twenty points in median. So it's 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 not there's no like there's no hard rule. It's the relative to the slate, the size matters, the salaries matter, all of them matter. How many lineups fit in that zone? How many lineups can you make of certain projection values? Obviously, assuming that the that the projections are accurate. So like if I if you if you could build three hundred lineups and they're all within two points of each other. All of them, all three, 300, the top 300 lineups are barely different. Is that a slate where you're going to be sacrificing 20 points in median? No. If you sacrifice 20 points in median, you're going to have like, like the 15,000th lineup projected, right? No matter what the ownership is, like you don't want that lineup. That would be 15,000th optimal, right? But sometimes the 300th optimal, optimal median at least lineup is 12 points off. Sometimes it is. 
It's like, okay, well, then you can sacrifice that because you know, how many lineups can you make, right? There's going to be 70,000 lineups in a contest. So not everyone's going to have the top 300 or whatever. So you, you have determined from there. So that specific number, there's no people, like, what's that number? There's no number. Anytime, it, the given rule, this is what you should do, okay? There's two rules when it comes to questions. That you know that it's a good question or a bad question. Number one, if it could be answered by a simple yes or no, that means it's a bad question. A simple yes or no. Do you do this? Well, not always. It's not rarely it's ever gonna be yes. Do, do, do I do I ever make a lineup that I put in all injured players? Yeah, no, no. Okay. I guess that I guess that is a that is a simple no. But for the most part, most questions that have simple yeses or nos is always gonna be it depends. And number two, any question that could be answered with an exact number. How many, how many unique players do you? Well, the, 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 could be answered with an exact number, then it still it depends. It depends on the slate, right? How much salary do you use? Like, well, well, most likely you're going to be using an NBA most of your salary. But you're playing these two-game slates and there's the super value and maybe you have to prioritize, you know, duplication in large field GPPs. And you're only, and you just spent it 47 2. That, that's actually a plus EV lineup on that slate at that moment, right? So you could sacrifice, you know, you could leave 2,800 on the table, right? It still projects well, it's low owned and it's unique. Okay, you're, you're good. There you go. You have to fit those constraints. The salary doesn't matter. But most of the time, I would say that you're spending most of your salary, right? If you're leaving 200 on the table, okay, whatever. Don't, don't sweat it. Right, but you're most likely not building lineups on, on efficiently priced slates where you're leaving 1500 on the table. You're most likely. That's why I said most likely. That's not 100%. You're most likely. It's going to be hard to think of situations where you wouldn't be, but I don't want to rule out by saying yes or no. So that's the general, that's the general rule when it comes to you know, asking questions and learning you know, how to play DFS game theory-wise. There's no 100% or 0%. You're rarely going to get that. And a lot of stuff is in that 40 to 60% range where the correct answer is not like absurdly correct. It's like, well, it's more, li- I'm more likely, right? Like last night, like if you, if you play, look at, look at the Bucks last night, if you played Giannis and Middleton and DiVincenzo together, that was great. Their, their, their ceilings are negatively correlated with another, each other, but negatively correlated doesn't mean that they, they, all three of them can't get there hit their ceilings at the same time it just means it's lower prob it's lower probability so can you play all three of them in the same lineup yes you can it lowers the it lowers it lowers the probability oh i gotta avoid the lower in by, by what six percent i mean like what not like dramatic dramatic enough so that maybe 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 you wouldn't play all three in the same lineup but they could still get there on a six game slate if you played all three in the same okay 11 game slate, maybe, maybe, maybe they're better options. Maybe you don't need to play one of them. There's another stud. You don't have to play Giannis. So you're playing Middleton and DiVincenzo together. So it's, it's, there's a fine line there. So do you always avoid that? No, of course you don't always avoid it, but I'd be more likely not to play all three together. The same thing we had the situation with the, the Knicks last night, Derek Rose, Emmanuel quickly and Alec Burks. And and Nikolatina, he he was even he came in, but and then obviously Burks got hot, so he got there quickly, scored a ton of points in only like twenty minutes. 
It's like all the all for their prices, all three guards got there. But in different that their minutes aren't even correlated, right? They're negatively correlated to minutes. So it's like like I get understanding cash games playing all three. GPPs, it's kind of hard to imagine playing all three. Maybe you play two because they're cheap enough. But most likely, I'm just playing one, right? Most likely. But they ha- all happen to get there. Oh, no, oh my God, I did negatively correlated. It just means a low, it just means they're low, it's lower chance. You're, you're, lo- you're, you're losing correlation. So if you already have leverage, right? If you already have leverage, and you already have projection, like who cares? Who so you don't need to also have you know, eliminate negative correlations. But if you have a lot, if you have a lineup that is like, well, if this may be a little too chalky, right? It may be a little too chalky uh, or poorly projected or something. Like maybe you don't play all three together. Then you maximize against negative correlation. It's more of the tiebreaker type of things. Maybe you're building a lot of lineups that, you know, that you're playing a lot of bucks or you're playing a lot of Knicks, the, the Nuggets or something. Like you had Jokic and Porter and Monty Morris, even I, I, Will Barton on FanDuel. He only scored nine points, but he got into foul trouble. Can they all get there at the same time? Yes, they can. It's just a lower probability. But on a six-game slate, how many options do you have? And let's say they're lower, the lower, the lower the prices they go, the more that what's their effective target score? If Yo if Jokic was was four thousand, like who cares that him and Michael Porter are negatively correlated to some extent, ceiling wise? Well, ceiling wise, when when Jokic is ten thousand, because he needs to put up like sixty sixty five for for a GPP target score, and Porter at fifty seven hundred or six thousand needs to put up forty plus thirty five something something like that. When can they do that together? But like, let's say Jokic was 4,000. All he has to do is put up like 32 points or something. Then Jokic could put up 32 points and a half. So you don't even care about like, oh, well, they're sailing, they're negatively correlated. Well, not at 4,000, at 10,000 maybe. So those are the types of things where you have to think more likely, less likely. It's all situational. What are their prices? If Rose, let's say even yesterday, if they were even cheaper, let's say Rose, Quickly, and Burks were all minimum price. Just they're all 3K. Who cares at that point? They would be projected, I mean, their medians would be projected so high. Well, but they don't share the court at the same time, most probably. Who cares? They're 3K. Rose comes on, he gets 30 plus points, and then then Quickly comes on, he gets 30 plus points. And at 3K, getting 30 plus points is 10X. So who cares at that point? But if Rose, Quickly, and Burks were all 6K, then they wouldn't even project well for their prices and their minutes allocation. And then definitely you wouldn't want to play them together because they project poorly as it is. And then it's like, oh, now now I'm going to play two players in my lineups that have negatively correlated minutes on top of it and and think both of them could get there at the same time, get there to a ceiling. No. So it's not a matter that two players on the court at the same time or minutes, they take each other's minutes, or that, yes, that makes them negatively correlated, but how strong or weak that, that the effect on your lineup is, is all related to the salary, all related to the options. Two games late, you don't have many options. You're going to have to play players that share minutes or something, especially when the rest of the field may not want to do that. So plenty of times in two game slates where you're playing the center and the backup center. 
because they're both underpriced. And who cares that, yeah, together they're going to play 48 minutes. And yeah, if one guy gets into foul trouble, the other guy does really well and the other guy has a snowflake. But less people will play them together. And they're cheap enough that they could still both get there. One guy plays 30 minutes, the other guy plays 18 minutes. And the cheap guy at 18 minutes still puts up 30 points. And the starter puts up 55 points. And it's like, okay, that can happen. There's only so many options on a two-game slate. Ten-game slate? You're probably not doing that. Only because you have more options. You don't have to do that. You could find you could f- probably find someone else instead of that second center from the same team from another game that projects similarly. So why why play two guys that come out for each other? Don't. Right? Why take on that that negative correlation to a ceiling? In cash games, you could do it all you want because medians, who cares? You have players on the same, you'll have players on the court at the same time that correlate that they positively correlate to medians. That's what the what we have for the correlation tool here at Roto Grinders, which is a premium. You could sign up for that. Click on the link in the description. $10 off your first month for Roto-Grinders Premium. So like those positive, those types of correlations. Oh, when he has a good game, this guy has a good game. But for that's for median. That's for like to make value. Like to get five and a half X, right? Six X. But you're playing large field GPPs. It's like, no, you you want eight Xs. You want, you want Giannis to put up 70, right? You want Jokic to put up 70. You're going to play Porter. You want him to put up 40. So while two guys, you may have, you may, they, 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 there are plenty of times where like hard, I think Harden and Irving are positively correlated to median, but the ceiling when Harden puts up 75 points, how likely is Irving at like 8,700? He needs to put up 50 also. So if Harden puts up 70, 75, Kyrie Irving sitting there with 38. So you wouldn't want them in the same lineup. Most likely. I mean, obviously they could still, they could still, there's still a probability of them both getting there. But for a median, if you'd like, what two players from the same team could both put up 50 at the same time, right? 48, 52. And you go, okay, you know, Beal and Westbrook, something like that. But when they're, when they're priced at 9K, 10K, 50 points, is that is that going to win you uh, 40,000, 50,000 person GPP. Like they would, Harden wouldn't even have the flame emoji, right? At 52 for like 10K. And Kyrie at 54 would maybe barely have the flame emoji. And you're like, okay, well, I hope, I hope there's blowouts the rest of the games. So yeah, their medians are more correlated, but their, their ceilings aren't. So that's what you're looking for when it comes to positive and negative correlation even though these correlations are weak. Like I said, it's a lower probability, but not like a 60% lower probability. We're talking about 6%, 10%, which yes, over the long run, you'd rather you'd rather not have in your lineups in the long run. But in, in the short run, it's not, it's not that big of a negative correlation. Like a huge negative correlation in DFS is, is in MLB, batters to pitchers. Yes, there are instances where you, one batter hits a home home run and the pitcher against him still throws like a one-hitter and a complete, complete game one-hitter. And that one guy has 14 points and the pitcher strikes out 17 batters. Yeah, of course, that could happen. But 
any run that gets scored by that batter and anything that happens to that batter is directly negatively coming out of the pitcher. So you're, you're unlikely on most slates to roster pitchers against their batters against each other. Now on a two game slate, you're going to kind of have to do that. Right. So by putting a rule of like, never do it, always do it. Like those yes, no's hundred percent, zero percent. Like you can't think that way. Like in this specific scenario on a three game slate, maybe I, maybe I can play a batter against the pitcher. But I'm probably on a 13 game MLB slate. You're probably not doing it because you could find other batters. Very similar to the basketball two game slate with the two centers that come out for one another. It could happen. But you're more likely to not do it, especially in large field GPPs. Remember, large field GPPs, you need to try to score, you know, to score above everyone. Small field, 500 person GPP, you don't have to score a billion points. So maybe you do play Harden and Kyrie together. Probably it's more viable when you don't have to score as many points. So they don't both have to have 70 plus point games. So I just want to, I just want to highlight that. I'm using casual, this is casual Friday. What I mean, what we're doing whatever we want now, right? On casual Friday, casual, casually, give me some thummy thumbs. Thummy thumbs. Let's see if the, the, the apple juice is cold. Doing okay doing pretty okay looking through the youtube chat hip power up 660 bucks this week using your concepts and strategies thanks blender well it's not my concepts and strategies. i'm just teaching concepts and strategies i didn't make any of this stuff up right i didn't make any of this stuff up this is just game theory this is math i didn't i didn't invent math i'm sorry i can't take credit for that maybe some of the terminology i don't know if anyone else uses relative value a lot of people use leverage. Like that, that's a term that it's technically incorrect. Oh, I'm going to take this guy and, and create leverage in my lineup. Well, it's just, we use that as a blanket term for like the, 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 the sum or product of ownership in your lineup compared to the rest of the field. Like it's not exact, it's not leverage, but we use that term. I guess in the industry, we use that terminology. It's not completely accurate, but it's better than having different terms. It's just easier to say there's like, there's three things, projection, leverage, correlation. And you go, well, it's really relative value. And there's like, well, what's relative value? And then you have to, then you have to explain that. Then you go EV and they go, what does EV stand for? Well, it stands for expected value. What's expected value? It's like, if you don't get expected value, you're going to be lost. And that's why, that's why you go to theoryofdfs.com. You can get my 15 hour audio masterclass. Teach you all the fundamental concepts of expert level DFS gameplay that will completely revolutionize your process and put yourself on the same footing as the pros. It's sales copy. It's, I mean, it's, it's true. I had to think like a professional DFS player. I mean, it's, it's what I do. I, I show you. I mean, is my cash game cheap, but I'm up, I'm up like 10, 15 grand in GPPs. Not a bad start to the year. Nice, you know, 30K or so start to the year. But of course, I could go on a downswing and I could be back down to the right start a baseball season, something bad three, three week run in, in, in NBA it's ups and downs, but I'm grinding. I'm a grinder. Like, you know, yes, I play, I play GPPs. I try to win first. So yeah. I'm not, I'm not playing safe. 
right, in a slate. But as far as, you know, my approach to playing DFS is that I'm not here. Yes, if I make a half a million dollars this year, that would be, that would be awesome. That's not, that's my, not my aim. I am, can I grind out 50 to $75,000 this year in general? So I, so I could, so I could sit on a t-shirt with Game Calm and play variants. I have pajamas on right now, right? Wake up, roll out of bed, right? Say hi to Devin, right? Devin behind the say, hey, everyone say hi to Devin. Fabulous multitasking producer. Hang out with him, hang out with you guys for an hour. Get to play later, build some lineups. Tilt some first first rotations for players, foul trouble, right? It's a nice life to have, right? So that that's what my aim is. So that's 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 my approach when it comes to to teaching DFS. It's not a get rich quick scheme. It's not. It's not. Ninety five percent of you are going to lose, right? You're going to try your hardest and still lose. Hey, you could you could play well and still lose. So I just I I always want to express express that you know the. I'm not teaching my concepts. It's just maybe my style of education, my teaching methods and styles could be different than others. But I didn't make any of this stuff up, right? It's like teaching poker. Like I didn't, I didn't make it up. I didn't make the terms up. I didn't do any audience that. I'm just teaching it to you. So go to theoryofdfs.com, pick that up. And it applies to every sport. So like baseball's coming up, applies to base, probably the correlation chapter. That's more more for for baseball. I mean, everything is for every, it's for every sport, but obviously baseball has the most correlation in comparison to NBA, which has the least correlation, or at least the least in team sports, right? MMA, what correlation is there in MMA? Other than don't play fighters from the same fight. Most likely, I'm going to say that most likely, yes, there are lineups that you can make with both, play both sides of the fight and you can still win a GPP. Yeah, I get it. Yes, but for the most part, the fights aren't correlated to one another. Well, if this guy wins this fight. That means that guy's more likely to win that fight. Like, does that happen? Is there any type of correlation coefficient of that? Well, because it's small, it's a smaller octagon, and that means if this guy, maybe, you'd have to do some long type of data analysis on that. But most likely, there isn't. Most likely, there's no correlation. Some people think in golf, there's like you know, there's correlation when there's wind and whatever the tee time splits. But then you also have like the course fit. Well, long ball hitters hit it this way. And then, and then you try to do that. And, you know, John Rahm shoots seven over and he's done, right? I mean, like, oh, I'm going to play all the short guys. And then, you know, one good, you have uh, Kevin Kisner can't hit a putt and then he's done, right? So like, I don't know how much correlation there is in golf, but all those concepts are in this audio course, 15 hours. You can put in your pocket, structured education. So instead of getting bits and pieces from this show and stuff, just all, it's all in one place. All in one place for you, structured for your benefit. But uh, we'll, we'll take a little look at today's slate. I know I brought up results DB, but I don't know. Is there anything? To, well, it was Boban yesterday. And Grant probably went nuts when Boban started. Right? He started and he barely played in the second half. But he, he came in the beginning. He had one. He He's a great. See, Boban. Boban's probably not that great of a basketball player. DFS, but DFS-wise. I mean, because I love seeing the play-by-play, and it's like, like rebound, tip, rebound, tip, rebound, tip. Andre D- Drummond does that a lot, right? But you get like ten fantasy points on like essentially like ten seconds of play because it's just like rebound, tip, rebound, tip, rebound, tip, put back, you know, like that type of thing. And then getting the rebound at the other end, and then getting a steal, and then they only play seventeen minutes. <laughs>
Oh, uh, let's see. Go through the YouTube chat some more. Uh, let's see. Rob B said, Ugh, Blender, I was winning 20K in golf showdown until the last two holes. Well, that's that's golf showdown. You have to wait till the end. I was going to send me a bucket of wings. That's it? You're going to win 20K and just send me a bucket of wings? Why a bucket of wings? Do you know if I like wings? What are you going to send me a bucket of, bucket of wings for? That's kind of a weird thing to send, right? Uh, let's see, going through the YouTube chat. People are asking about picks and whatever. There's no picks on the show. And you're playing lineups, not players. Always remember that. You're playing lineups, not players. Let's see. Going through the YouTube chat. Hey, bro, high five. Probably a dumb question. No, there's not. there's, There's no dumb questions, only dumb people. Okay, just always remember that. Okay. Uh, how do you know if your lineups, right? I'm basically saying that you're, maybe you're a dumb person, right? How do you know if your lineups that were lost were plus EV? Uh, you can never really be that sure. I mean, if you have a, if you have a, if you have a great projection model and you do some back testing, uh, you, you can and do some simulations. Um, you, you can. I mean, it's still theoretical at that point. You have to assume that the model is accurate. Uh, but for the most part, that's why I go through results DB. Right. That's why I go to top players. I go to guys that that they also have their own models like Squirrel Patrol, like doesn't just use Roto-Grinders projections. He also has does his own. So like, look at hit. Look, okay, what types of lineups did Squirrel Patrol make? What types of lineups did Uticow make? What types of lineups did Chipotle Attic make? Right. That's why I go through them. Did they go in similar directions? Remember, not the players. How were the lineups constructed, right? De'Aaron Fox, paying up at point guard with De'Aaron Fox. Rose, quickly. I mean, still chalky chalk here. Went down to Bagley. Alec Burks, DiVincenzo, obviously. Bryn Forbes, so more of the... I mean, a lot of this stuff could have been uh, uh, pivots and and late swaps off of DJ Augustine, because remember, he got ruled out. So a lot of people were stuck maybe with a guard spot heading into the last two games and then they just like I gotta go somewhere I guess DiVincenzo or Forbes or something right so that's why you look at results DB if you see that the lineups that you make that you made last night were very similar to lineups that top high volume profitable players made then there you go blame variance then you you can blame variance and I'm not talking about the winning lineup of the contest I'm just talking I'm talking about top players Right, you know, like yeah, Uticao could have lost last night, horribly. Never cashed any of his lineups. But don't don't you want to have the same results as Uticao? I mean, yeah, it may not have happened tonight, but how did he make lineups? Did you make lineups similar to how he made lineups? That the answer is yes. What else are you going to do? Well, I had to ask you: Would you like to trade your? Would you like instead of you making lineups, you would trade places and have Uticao build your lineups for you? Would you like Kobe for MVP to build your GPP lineups for you? Would you like Squirrel Patrol to build your GPP lineups for you? Seeing how well they do in the long run over the course of a year. You'd say yes. Okay, so then see, then that's why you go to results DB. So did you make lineups that were similar as if as if John Squirrel Patrol came to your house and made the lineups for you? Did they look like your, his lineups to some extent? The answer is yes. Then what, what, what are you going to do? 
what not play like some of the, the top players in the game in, in the world? No, of course. But then the top players in the world aren't going to win every day. They're going to lose most of the time. People don't seem to get that. Even the top, all the top players lose like 80 plus percent of the time in GPPs. Right? It's about winning first. About winning first. You're going to lose 80, 90% of the time. But when you win, you're going to be up there. That, that's, that's the point. So that's the goal. So, so to compare, can you get an exact EV metric? No. But that's why I go through results DB. Oh, with this news, you know, how many lineups did this guy make with this? Like, like E. Hafner said, screw Michael Porter. So it's like, okay, so how, so how did he handle power forward yesterday or small forward? And I go through and I go, okay, Josh Richardson, but he was owned also. So he got, okay, here we go. Here's some like Brunson, Ball, Fox, Murray, Burke, Stevens. So these all look like balanced lineups. He had Luca as leverage, right? A 10% own versus Giannis. He had all the Giannis, but barely any Harden and barely any Jokic. So basically that's, that it was a more Jokic fade type of lineups. So if he faded Jokic, he had all the Boban. So he had his center spot covered and he could always obviously use Giannis in the center spot. He had some Bagley that you could use in the center spot. He had Embiid in the center spot. So yeah, he was making, he was, E. Hafner was getting off of the Jokic poured like the Nuggets, the chalkier Nuggets guys, and then building around there. But still played plenty of Boba and Giannis, right? Still had Derrick Rose. I right? still had some of these guys. So that's why you take a look and you go, okay, these are the types of lineups. Did you build lineups like that? If the answer is yes, then good for you, right? But if you look at your lineups and it's like you just jammed in chalk and bad value and stuff, or maybe then you look and you go, maybe maybe playing a 25% on Harden wasn't the best choice because a, a lot of top GPP players did not play Harden, at least in GPPs. So to me, that's how you judge. That's why I review. Look at what the top players are doing. Not the top lineups. Not the lineups that won, but the top players. Let's go through the YouTube chat some more. Say hi to the podcast people. You can't podcast people. can't see me waving, right? They don't show up here, right? Well, that's why I answer your questions. It's casual Friday. I'm going to casually answer your questions, right? Let's see, going through. People are answering people are answering each other's questions in the chat. That's fine. Let's see. People are helping each other. All right, Johnny Compton asks. I said this before. The winner, he says, the winner in my DK single entry GPP had Burks, Rose, and Quickly together. Is that a negative EV move that worked, or were these guys cheap enough? They were cheap enough. There's it's lower probability, but not that much lower. They were they were all cheap enough. Would I have done all three in the same lineup, even in single entry? No. But two, I would have. Yeah, why not? It was the chalkier type of construction paying down at the guard spots and paying up for Giannis and Jokic. But if you wanted to build that type of lineup, then that makes sense. They had, but the winner, I guess, Johnny Copton, had to have something different in there to put him ahead. I'm assuming like a DiVincenzo or something, something like that some lower owned player to get first place. Clint Friday, Blender, how do you approach cheapies? Cheapies? For say 20, 
max entry? How do you balance not being bigly, bigly overweight on them and playing cheapies that are absolutely horrible? Well, I don't handle cheapies. I handle lineups. You have to think in terms of lineups. I'm gonna, I constantly say this. And a lot of people don't get like, well, how do you build lineups without players? Like I'm picking players and then building lineups. And no, you're looking at lineups that happen to have players in it. Okay. That's what you should be doing. You look at the contests first. What contest am I playing? So you know what types of lineups you have to make. Large field, small field, three max. What, what's the payout structure? 200-man contest. Uh, am I, am I, I'm fading all five chalk pieces. You don't have to do that. You don't have to sacrifice that much projection in smaller field contests. Larger field contests, then maybe you, could, maybe you, have, to, you have to think outside the box some more. So you have to know that before you start building a lineup. Then from there, you have to consider the lineup. Not going through, going, who am I going to play? Like I look through at our projections at 5.16 a.m., which is the algorithmic ones, who knows? I look through and I see I see all this. I see, okay, Markeith Morris as a cheapie at 3,100. Right, I run, I run the optimal, let's see. I get Maladon, SGA, yeah, Horford. Horford's going to sit, right? And Diallo's out also, right? He's, he's out, I think. So that's why you get four OKC guys, Fox, Morris, Grant, Lillard against the Lakers. That would be the opt-in, 279.54. Okay, we don't have any ownership, right? We never get ownership until the afternoon. So my goal is to like, okay, this is my baseline. So if I'm playing single entries, like maybe I could sacrifice four points the projection, as long as I get lower ownership with it. Of course, we don't have the ownership, so I can't I can't judge that now. So if I build 20 lineups, just with defaults, just whatever, I'm going to get Markeith Morris and SGA and all of them. I'm going to get four OKC guys, right? So the top one is 279.54. I'm going to go down to the 20th, 277.54. If the ownership was lower, significantly lower, this would be a better lineup. Like this, this lineup would, taking away any type of like, you want to avoid negative correlation, but like 277.54 versus 279.5, it's two point difference. Two points, if I could, if I could lose 60% of ownership for just the two point difference, give me this lineup. This would be my single entry lineup. This, and I'm saying this and I'm waving my mouse. Okay, understand why I'm waving my mouse. Because I didn't even look at the players. Like I'm covering my screen. If I covered my camera, cover the names, just cover them all. All you have to do is look up top and you go 277.54. What's the ownership? Compare it to the whatever. And say, is that am I I'm sacrificing two points to gain X amount of ownership? I'm still towards the top. So this is more of a more of a single entry type of lineup. But if I'm gaining enough ownership, there you go. There's the line. Like well, I didn't pick Kemba. I didn't pick. I didn't pick any of these players. I did not pick any of them. You saw. Look, you saw me do it, right? I'm not hiding anything. Didn't pick anyone. It happens to have Kemba, Shy, Kenrich, Jeremy, Pascal, De'Aaron Fox, Harrison Barnes, and Marcus Morris. It happens to have that. But as long as the as long as the math works out, that if that this would be a plus EV lineup that I believe, assuming the model is accurate. The projections, both ownership and player projections are at least reasonably enough accurate. 
that I would believe that this lineup would be good for a single entry GPP of less than a thousand, thousand entries. And you're done and enter this lineup. Or it could be this lineup. Kemba, Shai, you got PJ Tucker here now. And Curry, it's a 2v2 of some type, right? What's the ownership of this? Maybe the ownership of this lineup is actually lower than that. So maybe this is a better lineup because it has 0.1 projection higher. And you go, well, I don't want to play, I don't want to play PJ Tucker. Well, according to the projections, that's his projection. <laughs> or if you just, or if you say the difference between these two lineups is so marginal, I'm going to play the one without PJ Tucker because I just don't want to play PJ Tucker. Fine, then do it. You're going to find another lineup that's <laughs> requisite. Here's the one. Here's up. It has four, it's five OKC guys. And maybe a little too much, but I mean, based on their projection, meaning wise, why not? Why not do it? So you're looking at lineups. You're not looking at players. The players are already projected. They're already in there. They're already done. Like they're numbers now. Don't worry about the player names. They're just numbers. And the lineups together. Yes, in this lineup, there's PJ Tucker, but there's a reason why PJ Tucker is in this lineup. So you could fit in everyone else, right? You can't fit in everyone else without $3,500 PJ Tucker in your power forward spot. It is what it is. Now you may find that you don't get enough ownership discount over these lineups. And then you have to go even further. So not 277, maybe you have to go down to 274 before you get any type of significant ownership discount. Because some of the players are way too projected well and chalky. Marquise Morris is projected right now, at least least right now, as a 7X. So it's going to be hard to gain leverage without fading him. But now you're fading a $3,100 player. So, like, you're not replacing him with another $3,100 player. What you're doing is Xing him out. Let's see these Marquise Morris lineups, non-Marquise Morris lineups. What do they look like? So here, 276 is the highest. Still has a ton of OKC guys in it. Right, we just got a lot of OKC, a lot of OKC, ton of OKC, a ridiculous amount of OKC. So, like, Cam, here's one with two Pistons. Part maybe this, maybe now it's two seventy four. So you'd have to check what the ownership sum is and compare it relatively to the other lineups. And play this line. There you go. There's a lineup. You're not playing Mason Palmley. You're playing this lineup. This whole lineup. Happens to have Grant and Plumley in it. It happens to have Fox and Barnes in it. And there you go. That's the lineup, not the players. Now, obviously, the players that are higher projected relative to their salary, point for dollar, RGB, smash percentage, are more likely to be in your lineups, right? Because that's you need you need projection also, right? You can't sacrifice it all. You know, oh, I don't care about the rest. I'm 50 points below optimal. Like, just throw your money away at that point. But they're all 1% don't. Yeah, the probability of that happening is far fewer and far between, right? Now you're way, way too, you'd have to get paid like $5 million for your entry in order for it to be worth it to play that type of lineup. So you're not picking players. I didn't, you saw me. I was right here. I didn't pick anything. The only thing I said was, let's see if there are non Marquise Morris lineups that are playable. Let's see if there are any non X out all the thunder and see if there's any, if there's any lineups that could don't get any thunder players that project well enough. It probably you'd be doing it in large field GPP. They'd probably be owned. 
So you're going to get leverage by not playing any of the OKC guys as of right now and see what the projection is. We could do that. I mean, look, I could go to build rules. I can play a per team. I'm going to go to OKC. Where's OKC? I'm going to go down to zero. Okay, full 20 lines. So we're not going to have any of that OKC stuff in there. But look, we're down to 275 now. But it's doable, right? The X out Marquise Morris also. What do these lineups look like? Now we're down to 269. So now, now we're starting to take hits. But most likely, if, if Marquise Morris ends up being super-owned and the OKC guys are super-owned, like this type of lineup will have barely any ownership. Does it mean that these are the best lineups to play? No, but for large field, maybe you, maybe you make some of these lineups. I take a look at this lineup and I go, okay, Ellington, Grant, you have to play P.J. Tucker in your center spot, right? I guess they could get there. Derek Favors, I mean, yeah, you're, you're, you're in trouble at center. Well, Rudy, Rudy Gobert's here, but then you're still playing P.J. Tucker. According to the projections, these, these, these would be the types of lineups. I mean, this lineup isn't that bad. Walker, Ellington, Barnes, Tucker, Gobert, Fox, Hayward, Curry. Seems fine to me. And look how much meaning we're giving up. We're giving up like 11 points, right? The first one was seven, seven, yeah, 279. So this Curry lineup down here is Jonas Valanciunas, a similar lineup like this, 269. Now check the ownership sum. The ownership sum is significantly lower, then fine. You're giving up 10 points, 10 points of projection. But if the OKC fails, if all of them fail, and Marquise Morris you know, has 12 points for 3,100, 3, here's a lineup that can win. That's, that's why you're sacrificing the projection. Not because you believe that these guys are going to score more on average than the OKC guys. No, the projection tell you otherwise. The OKC guys are better plays. Doesn't mean they get there 100% of the time. That's why we have smash percentage in here. So what happens if OKC doesn't smash? Well, then you don't need as high of a score. So 269.39 could be great in the case that the chalk, that those chalk pieces fail. So that's why you're sacrificing 10 points for that situation. Does it mean you make all of your lineup that way? No. But if you're building 20 lineups, maybe you go, maybe I'm going to build five lineups without any Thunderplay and any Marquis Morris. Maybe I'm going to build five lineups with four Thunder players. And maybe I'm going to build some lineups that have one or two Thunderplay. And you can make groups for that. You can make separate builds for that. You could save from a build. You could rename, right? You could rename this as the original or whatever. You could say, this is my you know, non-this and this is my, and then pick out the lineups that you want to play. Save them, save 20, and there you go. You're done. But I'm not picking players. You saw this. You saw me do this. I didn't say, oh, Kemba Walker's a good play. Let me let me lock him in and play. No. What contest am I playing? What type of lineups do I have to build? Let me see what happens. How do I have to build this? Is this, is this viable? I know if I'm going to fade the Thunder or fade Marquis Morris together, According to our projections, I'm going to be getting on a bunch of Derek Favors and P.J. Tucker. Is that the best route to go? Maybe not. So maybe you look at that and go, nah, I'm not doing it. I'm finding a different way to get leverage. Okay, that's fine. Find a different way. Try to find a lineup with 273 and requisite ownership. 
Maybe it involves fading Marky Morris and one of the Thunder players. So like, I'm going to put this to two. So now you could fit two OKC players in. I'm going to build two lineups. I'm going to build 20 lineups now. We still have Morris X'd out, I believe. Yes, we have Morris X'd out. Now you're still getting some PJ. You're still getting PJ Tucker. <laughs> still get him in 35% seven lineups. Still get Derek Favors. Let's see if we could find a lineup that has neither of them. Okay, here you go. Kremba, Kevin, Hirater, Barnes, Vox, Williams, Roby, Grant, Curry. This isn't, this isn't, doesn't seem bad to me. You take a look at the ownership, which we don't have now. You're sacrificing about six points. This may be, this may for a mid-sized GPP, five, 10,000 entry. Maybe, maybe this is playable. Maybe it's even playable in a large field GPP. I don't know what the ownership's going to be. Sacrificing six points to get what amount of ownership discount? Then you look at the next lineup. Okay, there's P.J. Tucker. You don't want to play P.J. Tucker. Here we go. Fox, Ellington, Kenrich, Grant, Gobert, uh, SGA, Barnes, Hayward. What's wrong with this lineup? Sacrificing another point in, point in projection. Are you getting the requisite ownership discount for the extra point that you're, that you're offsetting? If you are, great, play the lineup. You could go through all of it. There's tons of lineups. I mean, you could, you could do you could do this for hours. You go up to like this lineup. I like that lineup. I like this. And then you could save them all in the save lineups. Then you can see, then you start talking about diversification. Now that you see the types of lineups that you want to play that seem based on your model, based on the projections being reasonably accurate, seem to be plus EV for the contest that you're playing. Now it's a matter of now, now you have to mitigate your risk if you want to. You save 20 lineups and next thing you know, you have you have Kemba Walker in all 20 lineups, which is fine. It doesn't mean you like Kemba Walker, it just so happened that the lineups that, that you did like this happen to have Kemba Walker in it. But of course you could find 20 more lineups that don't have Kemba Walker in it, that fit the similar parameters. So maybe after saving 20, you go, well, maybe I don't want my whole night, my whole slate riding on Kemba Walker. So you go out and go, okay, I don't mind him in 12 of my lineups or whatever. So you need to go and find eight lineups. Go find eight lineups that don't have Kemba that fit that could still fit within your 20 max set that have similar projection, similar ownership that don't have Kemba. How many can you find? If you find eight, take those eight, take eight out from what you had. And now you have 60% Kemba Walker instead of 100% Kemba Walker. But it has nothing to do with, well, over the field, under the field. It's just, that's your diversification. You're picking lineups, not players. Is that a good explanation? I, I mean, I, 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 I feel like I explain this all the time. I have no problem explaining it. It just it feels like I repeat myself all the time. That's why I show when we go over, when we look at slates for the day. Let's run the projection. Let's 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 see what the constructions look like. What seems more more optimal? What seems more higher EV? And then pick lineups. Uh, let's see. Still scrolling through in the back of the chat. Back in the chat. People are talking about cash lineups. Yeah, in cash games, you don't care about ceilings. Mean means are fine. If you trust your model, 
the highest EV lineup will be whatever the mean, top median lineup is. But of course, that doesn't take into account the standard deviation of players. So you, it could be high variance doing it that way. But theoretically, mathematically, like I said, I pressed, here you go. I'm going to reload just in case the projections got have got updated in the morning. We're still at 516. Let's see. Yeah, we're still at 516. I'm going to put Morris back in. All this button does, all this does is like, what's the top one? Like if I build 20 lineups like this, it's going to sort by fantasy points, median fantasy points. So here you go. What's the top lineup? 277.73. Oh no, I got to take off the, the team build rules because I still have the OKC at two. Okay, built 20. But there you go. The top median lineup is here, right? I could hit the optimize button and get the same lineup, right? 279.54. 279.26. So like the difference, clear this out. Based on our current projections as of 5.16 a.m., last time, you know, they were algorithmically updated. This would be the top median lineup. This would be the second one. So like the difference between these two, let's take a look. Fox, Fox, so no Grant. This one has LeBron. So LeBron and Barnes, for Fox and Lillard. That's what it looks like. I think that's what it is. And it's only within point, what, two eight? A quarter of a point difference. So like the, the expected value of these two lineups are really, really, really close. Assuming the model is, and assuming you trust the model. Right, you go to the next one, 279.08. This one has Rudy Gobert in it and Steph Curry, right? So look, Kemba's in this lineup. Lillard is in this lineup. Lillard, Fox, you got LeBron, Barnes, and Kemba. This lineup has none of those. They have Steph Curry and Gobert in this lineup. And look at the differences between it. A half a point? Half a point. It's just doing the math. It's not picking players. It's not saying, oh, I like Lillard tonight. It's not saying that. So saying based on the projections, this is how you jam in the most median points for the salary. And here's this after, okay, now I have to come up with another lineup that this is the second highest. This is the third highest. Theoretically, if we played this slate out a million times in cash games, double ups, assuming your model, you trust your model always, this lineup would show the most profit. This lineup, the differences in the profit over a million times is going to be marginal. It's still going to be marginal enough. So if you wanted to play this lineup in cash games or this lineup in cash games, it's perfectly fine. Over the Even if, you, if we played this out a hundred times, you're probably not going to see the variance of between all three lineups. Who knows? That You're going to realize that EV maybe over... We played the slate out a thousand, ten thousand times, and then it's only going to be marginal. We played it out a thousand times. All three lineups could be profitable. The first one may be slightly more profitable, slightly. Now, for ease sakes, if you want to, if you care about that slightly more, whatever, and you trust the projections, this is the lineup that you should play in double ups. But if you said, if you looked at this lineup and said, I don't want to play four OKC players or something, 
and you wanted to play the one with three OKC players, this one that's a half less than a half a point below it. I'm going to play this in cash game. That's perfectly fine. This could be a profitable lineup also. The differences in the lineups. It, yeah, the players, it's a 2v2, 3v3. But mathematically, they're really close to each other. So if you wanted to play this, if, if you didn't want to play for that, I can't possibly play Kenrich Williams. I mean, then find a lineup without Kenrich Williams. I don't want to play Kenrich Williams in cash. So you X them out and you're running again. Here you go. 278.33. Walker, SGA, Barnes, Roby, Morris, Maladon, Grant, Curry. Done. Play that. There you go. And double ups. Of course, you're sacrificing the over a point in projection. But that's still, it's marginal enough. If you if you wanted to, Kenrich Williams may be a more volatile player. And so he's like, I don't want to be stuck with a six-point score. So you play this. And you could choose, and that would be perfectly viable. I've told you what I do this season, what I'm doing this season. I'm just, I just use whatever the projections say. That's what I play for cash games as a baseline. Cause if I can't even beat that with my choices, then what's the point? That's what you'd be doing. So this is still, even throughout this explanation, this is still lineups, not players, right? It's still lineups, not players. So I'm just going by the numbers, what the numbers are. I trust the model. There you go. Done. Names don't matter. They're just names in a spreadsheet. Who cares? Any last questions before we get out of here? I still have to scroll back. Always have to scroll back. Let's see. But that's why you see a lot of similar lineups in cash games. I mean, like, <laughs> especially when there's heavy value, where it's like, it's so obvious. It's not obvious on the whole lineup. It's obvious that there's like three guys that are distinctly underpriced. And once you plug them in, like they only fit certain positions and certainly salary ranges. You see that on FanDuel a lot. Oh, once you play this guy, this guy, this guy, and it's like, well, how do you not play? You're paying up here, you're going up there. And then sometimes it's a 1v1, but I mean, that's what happens. Basketball projections across the industry are all, not, not all that drastically different. So you'll get in cash games, people that trust in projections get very similar lineups or the exact identical lineups without even talking about it, right? If you use Roto-Grinders, if you use Roto-Grinders projections as your only source, which you can get as a premium member, sign up in the link in the description, get $10 off your first month. And you just say, I just, I'm just, I'm just, whatever the projections tell me, Whatever that knapsack problem solves the math problem. And that's what I play in double ups. Like you're going to have the same lineups. I mean, like, I don't have to tell you the lineup. I don't tell anyone anything. <laughs> I don't tell it. There's nothing. I don't say anything. Here's the lineup. No, if, if, if I could export the, I don't even have to use lineup HQ. I could export the projections, throw in an Excel solver and get the same line. I mean, it's, it's, it's just solving a math problem. So as long as I have the projections, I can solve the math problem wherever the hell I want. So if you're if you're going to do that with one projection source, there are a lot of guys across the industry make their own like make their own projections. Maybe compare projections and aggregate them together, and then go once I average them all out, what's that? And you'll see that type of lineup. So you'll see that duplicated seven times in your contest. That's how those lineups that 
No one talked to each other. It's just like, yeah, if you, t- if you, if you take this model and that model and you mix them together and average them out and then solve for X, the lineup's a 2v2 of this line. I mean, like it's, it's a different lineup. And then there you go. And then you see that 12 times. All, all without talking to each other. Not, don't, don't, no one's texting lineups to each other. You're solving a math problem. Imagine you're in math class. This is what, because this is what happens when people like that, that, that we joke about the secret chat. There is none. Uh, it's like you're in math class. You're taking a test with 30 kids in your class, right? Taking a math class, math test. No one's looking, peeking over each other's shoulder and you're taking, you're solving a problem. And you hand it to the teacher. You know what should happen? All 30 students should have the same answer. It's a math problem, <laughs> right? It's a math. It, the teacher's not going to go, well, you guys all must be cheating because you all have the same answer to the math problem. It's a math problem. It should have the same answer. Two plus two equals four. Everyone has four. Did everyone talk to each other? No, it's two plus two. Like no one cheated off each other. Like what, how else are we supposed to, right? If you have, if you're using the same projection, if you're using the same projections and you're like solve for X, well, that's, that's what you're going to get. I don't have to talk to anyone to get it. Let's see. Going through some of the old questions. Because I'm way behind. I had to scroll way back. Uh, let's see. I've answered a lot of these questions before. I mean, uh, obviously, show up on Monday. I'm here I'm here five days a week. So if I don't get to your question, right. I, I, I seem, Seems like, I, well, how many questions? I mean, they're good questions. I'm scrolling through. Just that, you know, it's we're getting to the end of the show. I didn't realize we we're going to get so many good questions. Let's see. Anything we could end on? Jupocalypse, he's answering other people's questions. That's fine. Good. And I don't mind repeating myself. I just, I, so I, I say that just so to make sure that, that it's clearly explained. So maybe there's a slight variation of like, oh, now you understand it this time or something. So that's why I always uh, clarify. Like, yeah, I answer this question all the time, but I, do you understand it now? I'd rather that. And oh, okay, now you get it. Yeah, okay, I'm never getting these. I'm never getting all of these questions. That's why, that's why you buy the course. There you go. That, uh, use it as a selling point, right? <laughs> Right, can't get to all the questions. Won't be back until Monday. But if you want to know the answers, it's probably in here. The theory of daily fantasy sports: how to think like a professional DFS player. Fifteen-hour audio masterclass. Theoryofdfs.com. But the slate tonight is basically right now. It's OKC and Marquise Morris. And I'm going to say that it's noon now, Eastern time. The first game is when seven thirty. Okay, a little bit late. Right, we got two 10 o'clock games. I'm going to say that now. By the time Grinders Live is on tonight, maybe that's not even that. Who knows? No one's tied that. Marky Morris, why would you play Marky Morris? So and so is going to play. I mean, you never know. Three of the Bulls guys are sitting out for no apparent reason. I mean, like, you never know. So that's why you tune into Grinders Live with Dean and someone else because I didn't check your schedule. So it's going to be Dean and someone else there. At uh, six o'clock, hit that notification bell to know when the channel goes live. Then hit the hit the 
subscribe button if you're new. Hit the hit hey, hit the thummy thumbs on your way out. And then there's and then there's a crunch time, which is a premium show that's on the RG website and in the RG app. That's at seven o'clock. So sign up for premium. Rotogrinders.com slash premium. Hit the link in the description. Get $10 off your first month. So let's see if this OKC Marquis Morris truck ends up existing and then see if it if it if it gets there. We'll see. And then we'll we'll talk some more next week. I'm here. I'm here every day. Baseball's coming back soon. We got MLB stuff. Yeah, but within you know, like maybe five weeks, we'll be back to MLB. I think. Get both of them. Do both. Right. I'll have questions on both of them. But I'm, that's what I'm always here. I'm always here for you guys, especially live here on YouTube, at eleven o'clock in the morning on weekdays, Monday through Friday, for the DFS pregame show here on RotoGrinders.com. Thank you.